Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bookends with Friends. This is your co-host, Parker Moon. This is your co-co-host, Brett Urban. Make like a proton and stay positive. This is your co-host, Daniel Phillips. What are you doing to me, Dan? And we are a weekly book club podcast where we go over one book every month and make friends along the way. Dan, that was fantastic, my guy. Thank you. This is a mutiny. I've been really thinking about what I was going to do for this one. You get you just got a promotion. You're the second spot now. <laughs> Honestly, second about spot. time. You're the second spot. All you guys had to do is come up with stupid stuff to say and you would take over. I'm not that good that's at it. it. I mean, that's that's what podcasting is, baby. Um so before we go too much further, uh the book we've been discussing or going over this entire month has been Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus, and that's what we will be discussing on today's episode. It's a book week. Five stars. I don't want to give it too many spoilers away, but the powerful book. <laughs> it's a great book. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. Um, before we get into that, do y'all want to do short stories, our segment where we catch up with each other and figure out what's been going on in each other's lives? I would love, I would to. love to. That sounds great. Wow, I want to. I know. Look how cute we are. I want to keep mine really short uh, because I am really excited to talk about this book. So. Only thing that's been happening to me this week is I've been watching the rehearsal. You guys have watched it, I think. <laughs> oh my and god! I've, I finally started it, and Nicole already refuses to watch it. <laughs> she's she's done. She's not watching any more of the rehearsal with me. Um, I'm on episode four, I think, and I think Parker, that's when you said it just gets like yeah, it goes it goes pretty wild. wild. Listeners, for y'all who don't know, the rehearsal is Nathan Fielder's newest show on HBO Max. Um, of Nathan you might for know you, him from yeah, Nathan for you, and he ha- he really does have a special way of making people feel uncomfortable. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a gift. So it's it the show isn't for everyone. No, oh, yeah, not it, at all. It it provides me a lot of anxiety, but I laugh more than I'm anxious, so that's why I watch it. It's a nice balance. Uh, um, so I'm watching that, and I'm reading um, the first binding. Still, I took a pause to to read lessons in chemistry this week, so I'm back onto that first binding by R.R. Verdi. Super good book. Can't wait to finish it. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people talking about it and excited about it. Yeah, but that's my week. Nice and short. Hey, you know what? I'm going to follow that up with another quick one. Um, not a whole lot going on. Um, just uh, prepping for uh, some great episodes with you guys and um, <laughs> trying to uh, knock out Rhythm of War finally after a century of reading. Um, we're working on that. Um, I read Lessons the past week. And honestly, I haven't picked out my next book other than obviously Carrie said it was back. Obviously, obviously. Uh, but I haven't picked out my next book outside of our book week. And so, hey, if anybody has any recommendations, just hit us up. There there are so many books coming out or, or have come out like this past week or are coming out within like the next couple of weeks. There's too many. It's oh, yeah. kind too of ridiculous. Many. Too many. Yeah. And so, and it's like not stopping for the foreseeable future. No, not at all. Uh, but yeah, uh, so that's, yeah. that's pretty much me. Parker, uh, what's going on in your life? Uh, you know, so I've I've made the change. Oh. I've I've made the change. I am I've moved away from traditional, boring, standard packaged K cups into ground coffee. Do you have a grinder? Well, I do have a, I have a bean grinder, 
Um, and I'm not word. using that. I'm I'm just getting like loose coffee and putting oh, okay. it in one of those like reusable yeah. cups. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's improved my coffee game quite a bit. And I, oh, yeah. I really have been excited about it. Yeah. K-cups are uh, kind of dookie. You heard yeah, it here first. Not, Bookends with Friends hates K-cups. Unless they decide to sponsor us, in which case I will we change my tune K-cups. real fast. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, but it's it's been good. That's uh, So that's kind of that's what's been going on. Um, and also <laughs> I did – I finished – the books, the books that I said I was going to finish at the start of this month. I'm, I, yeah, I've read, I've read a lot. I finished A Magic Steeped in Poison. I finished Lessons in Chemistry. Um, also, the... Uh, Hollow uh, Kingdom. What? Hollow Kingdom. Hollow, Hollow Kingdom. Guys, Hollow Kingdom is fantastic. It was so funny. It It's like very... Uh, rare when i read a book that has me laughing that much at like every page it's great tell us the main character's name again the main character is a uh domesticated crow named st and that of course is short for shit turd Uh, (laughs) and he's just wonderful and pleasant and he loves humans and um he's going through it because the zombie apocalypse is happening and he's got to try to navigate that with his uh his dog Dennis, or really Big Jim's dog Dennis, who oh that was God. both of their owners, and also <laughs> Shit Turd's favorite food is Cheetos. It's great. It's so good. Um, it's got really colorful language. So if if anyone's interested, uh, go in knowing that. And it's it's just it's just so much fun. It's a fun read, and I'm really excited to read the second one. I was about to say the wildest part on this series is. It's not a standalone. Like there's another no. one. <laughs> yeah. Is it just two, or are there more? I, I well, there's just two out right now. I don't okay. know if they're planning on um, making a third. But the way this the first one is, it, it's like one of those that like could have perfectly been one book if they wanted to, but definitely sets it up to where like you could see how okay very easily they could continue the story if they wanted to. So it was great. Um, so I read a lot. Been drinking good coffee. No complaints over here. Wow. Well done. Um, cool. Let's get into this book, right? Yeah. Let's. Well, before we can't get into the book before we get into Quote of the Week. Well, that's getting into the book because Quote of the Week is from Lessons in Chemistry, as we always that's, do on book episodes. That's Touché. true. So crank this bad boy out for me. Um, okay. Well, before, before we say the Quote of the Week, I just want to say a massive, like incredibly loud thank you to our uh listeners the the friends part of the bookends with friends because y'all have done such a fantastic job especially with lessons in chemistry with sending in thoughts and uh sending in emails and sending in quotes and y'all have made me laugh and opened my eyes to some stuff and it's just been great hearing from you all so thank you so much this quote uh was sent in by multiple people um and it's great this is i i think this is kind of like a piece of the core of lessons in chemistry um so it also is just very fitting so the quote is whenever you start doubting yourself whenever you feel afraid just remember courage is the root of change and change is what we are all chemically designed to do that comes from uh our very own quote chemist hannah p Hannah P. That's right. We, we so we we deemed we 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 have finally decided a name uh, for Hannah. And if if listeners send in lots of quotes for quote of the week, they will get their very own nickname. So we have Zach, who's our quote king, and Hannah P. is the quote chemist because as we have found through 
exchanging emails back and forth that she is an actual chemist, which is kind of fitting for this book. Yeah. So thank you so much. And like Parker said, uh, just thank you, everybody, for um, just sending in all your thoughts in and sending in so many quotes. Um, and we love you all and really appreciate it. Yes, definitely. And with that, let us uh, catalyze some discussion. <laughs> Oh, very oh. good. Let's th- let's hey, let's see how much we get, how long we can keep that going. How many scientificy words we can say? Yeah, let's do it. Like scientificy. Um, uh, let's hit some atoms together and make <laughs> fusion. Fu- fusion. Fuse our. Let's yeah. fuse our brains and have a have a podcast to do. Yeah, that we're doing good. We're um, doing good. Um, much like how mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, you guys are the powerhouse of our podcast wow. listeners. There it is. There Very it is. Very good. End, um, end of episode. We did it. <laughs> end of episode. Well, uh, you know, before, before we get into the book, I do, can, can we take a second? Just yes. let's, let's have jokes leave the room for just one second jokes have um, and address the, uh, just some themes of the book. This book deals with um, uh, sexism on a large scale um, and, and, and some just like trauma that women have to deal with and have to go through and, and had to go through and still have to go through um, and just injustice towards women. Um, so we wanted to address right off the bat, we are obviously not the most well-equipped people to speak on some of these subjects. So uh, listeners, we would just ask for your patience in uh, listening to three privileged white dudes talk about lessons in chemistry because this book is so amazing and it's so wonderful um, and everyone needs to read it because there's some really great stuff to take away from it. And it is, it's filled with so much hope and it's fun and it's funny, but there are serious themes and I don't want us in our like natural fallback of like jokes to miss you know addressing those things so i just wanted to bring that up up front we will we will we will be addressing those things um in our discussion uh but i just wanted to say uh take everything we say with a grain of salt um have patience with us as we try to stumble um and uh you know learn ourselves and be good advocates and allies for women knowing that really uh a woman's perspective would be the best in discussing this book was that well said? Yes, that's, that's perfectly. That said. is a hundred percent, and it needed to be said. Yeah, to, and in all honesty, yeah. So thank okay. you. Okay. Um. Great. Well, now that that's addressed, let's get into it because I I'm I'm excited to talk about this book. I love this book. It, it was so good. Um. The first question I have, and and this is kind of because uh Zach, uh, one of our listeners, uh, friends of the show, the quote king himself, sent in and after five pages and said. I'm in love with Elizabeth Zott. And so the, f- the first question I have for you guys is I want to know y'all's overall impressions because I also am in love with Elizabeth Zott. I mean, yeah, so far it's a consensus because she is amazing. She's She knows herself. She trusts herself. She stands up for justice in a time when that was very, very, very dangerous for a woman to do. And it's just like just her entire energy um, everything about her is incredible. Um, I'm going to show my hand here pretty early. I don't think a book that we read this year is going to top this one for me. And that's 
a book in August. You know, like we we've got a lot of books left, and when we do our episode at the end of the year where we put all these books together to rank them, I highly doubt one will be higher than Lessons in Chemistry for me. Just yeah. <laughs> throwing that out there right now. Every single person that's read this on my Goodreads, like on my friends list, five stars across the board. Um, and I think that's because of Zot as a character, honestly. Like when she's introduced, like Zach said, five pages in, it's like, man, this character is awesome. Like she's super cool. You know, her being a woman in the 60s and thriving aside the, the parts that made me like laugh out loud and just like love this character even more is how into science she is. Yeah. Because there yep. are two two parts like that stick in my memory really well. But the first one is um, just like this is also spoilers. Uh, I don't know if we said that yet. We're we're into discussion of the book. If you haven't yeah. read it yet, might want to stop now. Yeah, stop um, and go read it because it's just good. Just Daniel's not kidding. It, yeah. This this it could very well be the the bookends with friends pick for twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Home but before it's dark definitely two. a high high contender. <laughs> high high seed. Yeah, except when Home Before Dark two comes out. Oh my! And that God. one wins. But the part that made me like laugh out loud i was like man this character is awesome uh it's when they're rowing for the first time yes and she's like not getting it and then she's like oh my god this is physics and then she <laughs> went back the next day and like killed it and like yeah. she understood <laughs> it and so just like her like breaking everything down into science and like analyzing and over analyzing everything was just it was so fun to read. That's how she sees the world and how she yes. interprets things. And then it was so clear to her as soon as she was like, oh, yeah, you just have to hold the position here and row like this. And yeah, she's automatically like at a super high level. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I I love, love, love that. I it, It's that thing of like when pool players are like, oh, it's just mathematics or whatever. And then they're good at pool, but like on a completely different scale. Right. Um. Just and some I, yeah, simple geometry. I, just some simple geometry, and you're good at erging, and you're good at rowing. <laughs> uh, I, no, but uh, Elizabeth Zott, she. Uh, I also, I probably will say Elizabeth Zott the entire time because I feel like her name is just so much fun to say altogether. Yeah. Um, but I just, I love a a powerful woman, and she is like everything I love in a a good protagonist. Um, especially like her strength combined with her um like hope and kindness like mm -hmm. i feel like there's a lot of times where in this book she did not need to be kind or she could have been way more jaded towards the world um, but even like her relationship with harriet uh and her relationship with her daughter and um and and the uh the priest wakely like there, there's just and, and or and dr mason like man there's so yeah. many characters where she just like is so loving in her own elizabeth zott way and i i just adored it it was such good writing of you know she was strong but that didn't make her like you know that that didn't mean that she had to be like mean or you know right. overbearing or anything like she was just a good character um how did y'all feel about the setting 1960s america i mean i think it was obviously uh influenced by the characters themselves but it 
I mean, it sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I know, obviously, there's like cool things. Yeah, good thing we're living in 2022 when everything I, is fixed. Okay, I was about yeah, to say. I mean, I, I, that's obviously a joke. Yeah, no, no, no. But like, I, I was gonna say, obviously, 1960s. There was, it was like a character in the book, right? The the, the right. time period was the reason for the book. If this book was just set in 2022 with the same exact source material wouldn't it be that hard to believe huh oh not at all yeah um do we 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 have um an an email from someone else on the 60s do we want to read that one out well yeah so i i did i want to read it to go back to that yeah well i i mean i'll just i'll throw it in here as a thought because um, I think so, our our uh, friend uh, Jacob Robinson, the the uh, <laughs> the creator of our Bookends of Thrones intro and outro, who we thank every week, uh, read the book. He he enjoyed it, and he wrote something that I think was incredibly profound. Uh, which is to say, he said there was hardly anything in the book that I easily found relatable. And that's a major reason why I enjoyed it so much because it's important for someone like me, and they put in parentheses, a very white man to read. And I was like, that is, that's beautifully well put because it is very easy for us, like, um, especially I feel like guys in 2022 to forget the, uh, like, like how far we've come and how far we still have to go. Um, But the, the crazy thing to think about is like the 60s, while that seems like it was this like forever long time ago like that's our like our grandparents were you know you know our grandparents and their their parents were like alive in the 60s and dealing very much with all of this and that is pretty wild to think about and that's that's just like the time period in itself but progression has been incredibly slow and painstaking and it feels like with every step we take for or a couple steps we take forward there's people trying to claw us back down to the um time that you know to 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 this way of thinking to like there there are still people in our day and age who i feel like very much want things to you know go back to the good old days i mean we've seen it this year it's terrifying, right? right? Yeah. It's, it's it's really really horrifying. So I could like I was thinking about that the entire time when I was reading the book because you know there you hear that you know I feel like people like to like glamorize the the good old days and when things you know used to be you know whatever 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 but like we've there's been progression and it feels like we're in this weird time of our lives where we're seeing stuff that has already been won. And advocated for, uh, and in particular with women's rights, like being like reexamined, and people are trying to change things and take away rights, and it's it's just very horrifying. sad that and horrifying that we're like you know I I wish we could be reading this about the setting in the 1960s and be like wow thank God we are not in right. that <laughs> circumstance yeah. or thank God we have come so far that this doesn't feel like something that we could imagine and it's like well we you know uh, unfortunately we're kind of right there yeah yeah for sure um okay well let's let that that's kind of a good that's a good segue um i i do want to talk a lot and, and we'll, we'll move into to a happier part of the book before we get really sad again um how did how did we feel about elizabeth's romance with calvin i want to hear y'all's thoughts yeah so i really hated calvin at first <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you have the, it's a solid trope, the enemies to lovers type of thing. Mm-hmm. And like, we got the enemies. I'm a sucker for it. I know. I, I am too. But like, we got the enemies and then, you know, they, they got together and I was like, oh, this is cute. And even while they were together, I was like, man, I still don't really like Calvin all that much. It was mainly just like the, it made me think of like, just like the hype up scene of him, like on the, like rowing with his team and his captain comes over and like, come on, Calvin, like, just like, when he was like, toxic the, the Harvard guy's right on your tail. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, Calvin's such a dweeb. Like, <laughs> like, that's so not the type of person I usually am around, but like, I, I came around to him and to, it's it's sad, but I feel like the parts that really made me like Calvin were after he was dead. Like sure, sure. Like he, you got so much more of, but like the the scenes with Calvin when like before the accident, it, it was all just like firsthand Calvin and Elizabeth's experience for each other, and after yeah. his death, it was all of Zot's like thoughts and feelings about how much he actually meant and i feel like that wasn't a thing while he was still alive like they yeah. appreciate each other they worked great together but one of my favorite quotes from the book is when she was describing the three um it wasn't the three types of love it was chemical Man, I'm really butchering this because I can't remember what she called it. But she was it like, was this... like it was it was bonds, right? The covalent and I. Yes. And, and, yeah, and she yeah. was like, "This is the best type of bond because you know you, you can both put your mind into something and make something better together." And I was like, yeah. "That's you know, she's obviously just talking about Calvin here, and he, all of that made me like Calvin so much more." But the first. 50 pages with this guy i was like oh you're so annoying <laughs> oh so i so i i liked i really loved their their meet cute scenario the, be- the you beaker know? stuff was very cute yes the, the beaker stuff like had me pretty much sold but there was so and and i i i really think bonnie garmus is a genius writer um and and so what i mean by that is i didn't have any clue going into this book what lessons in chemistry was going to yeah. be about same uh realistically I, I didn't even know the, um, you know, the themes or the trajectory or the, you know, the genre of what this was going to be, what, what it would be classified as. And so when it started getting into the, the Calvin story, I was like, oh, this is a quirky rom-com-esque story with some more serious themes. But, you know, it's like, so she had kind of talked about Calvin before they met saying like, you know, because it was at first the very first like little bit with her and mad. And so I thought this story was going to be her and Calvin having this like on and off again relationship. And they, when they started falling in love, I was like, Oh my God, this is beautiful. Like, and what I mean by that is I think she did such a good job of writing a character who loves well and loved and loved Elizabeth well in the way that, he saw her he like appreciated her and was in awe of her and i think like that type of romance for for me at least is just like the absolute most beautiful thing like when when someone sees someone in their true form their true self and can really appreciate it 
Uh, and I think they did, while, while they definitely like stumbled over, um, you know, having differences and having to, you know, like work on roughing out each other's edges, I think they changed each other for the better, like what you were saying, Dan. And I think that's why I loved it so much. And then tying back into why I think Bonnie Garmus is a genius is because that sentence of 37 minutes later he was dead i like i i had no clue that that was going to happen and i was so upset by that i was i was completely like you know caught off guard and distraught reading that um that that entire section of the book but i also think it's genius and, and beautiful writing because essentially she kind of wrote a um uh, a superhero origin story or um to to put it as in the more uh like common terms like fridging which is when you know the uh, a male character has a woman character who enters into the narrative and then dies early so that they can further progress that story yeah well she just she flipped that trope on its head and i i don't want to say that she fridged calvin because that's not what happened um uh, but i i think that it was a very good way of writing this true and beautiful love and and rounding out elizabeth's character and then also removing him from being a white savior or or just like male savior character and he dies early he like dies he, early it he was, dies early in this book and then you know he's talked about and he's still a major character in the book but he is no longer focused on for the last 70% of this book. Yeah. Like he is out of the way and it's all about mad and not like taken over. Right. Yeah. Um, but man, I was, I was so, I was so in love with their love story and I, I really did think that it was going to be a, like a, 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 a not a not a rom-com, but I thought it was going to be a romance. I thought there was going to yeah. be this, like this epic of, of, Elizabeth Zott and Calvin yeah. Evans and their like kind of rivalry with science and kind of you know just like passion for each other and seeing each other's beauty in their in their in their minds and then he was removed and who it hit me she hit you with it and then she's like oh yeah now we're gonna we're gonna explore this together and throw this precious precious six thirty in there as well but yeah heartbreaking well so that i mean that, that, that's a good segue uh brett because i think we i think we've covered calvin well uh i want to talk about another uh very important main character um and so we we had a lot of people write in and say that we we had to talk about 6 30 uh ashley in particular said like th- it was it was a demand which i i loved um we we were definitely not going to go this episode without talking about 6:30 yeah. because 6:30 is so great. Um but so I want to know what's y'all what what was y'all's favorite 6:30 moment right off the bat? I could go without all of the 6:30 death teases in this book. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, you okay, you you were writing a line there, Dan. I was about to like throw hands if you would have said anything bad about 6:30. But oh, no, I completely say. I thought you were going to say like I could have gone without those 6:30. So and I was like I was about to jump out of my seat. When but. he goes to when he goes to find the purse, I automatically yeah. was like don't you dare, don't you dare do this to us. Great scene. I thought I thought they were going to Marley and me us. I yeah. thought that this was going to be a <gasps> Does like that it, ha- does that happen to Marley and me? Oh, spoiler alert. Oh my <laughs> okay. God, really? Well, I thought it was going to, I mean, I thought, yeah, I thought it was going to be like that or like an old yeller thing or where like, right. I, we just, we don't need, we, hey guys, we don't need more dog death. 
We don't. We it's been done in media. It's played and it hurts too much. It's so it painful. hurts too much. So I I'm very again, hey, Bonnie Garmus, she is just amazing. Yeah, incredible work with 630. Incredible, I, incredible. I never knew a uh well, I guess I knew that an animal character could be like my top in my top 3 characters in a book, but I didn't realize that it would be arguably the second smartest character in the entire book. <laughs> Gosh. Um, the- the 630 inner monologues was like so something good. straight out of Discworld. It was all so funny. It was it was fantastic. I think that was, you know, that's not one moment, but it was my my favorite moments. That and then in particular, him referring to Mad as creature, the creature. or the creature. Like it was, it, but it was also so loving. Like when he went to Calvin's grave and was trying to communicate oh with Calvin God. and say like, how do I help? raise the creature like how do i help protect the creature how do i help take care of the like i i was so emotional yeah with this dog's story of loving (laughs) i mean you get like a mini homeward bound story on him but he's like getting to the studio and he's like playing dead and riding in the back of a truck and he he saves the uh the cemetery guy's life after he shoots at him (laughs) and it's like I did not. I thought he was gonna like run away and then be wanted for hurting, like yeah. killing the cemetery guy. It could be like a short fiction story all in itself, like just six thirty. Adventures of six thirty. Yeah. Um. Him and him and Mad's uh like tag team of making the security guard who was like you know like one of the lowlier positions in the uh, <laughs> news station, and then like Mad got him hired in like an internal security position, and then. 630 like helped him stop the the bomb threat like that yeah. guy became like literally a like zero to hero because of the genius uh, like workings of these kind like a, a child and a dog like yeah. he doesn't even know what happened to make his life so great God. oh man that's good writing he's there to support elizabeth and mads and like learn and be sweet and help I think that was the funniest, well, not funniest, but that was the most telling part is that it's it's like a he's a uh, discussion on how it's not that hard to be like a good partner. Non-toxic. Yeah. He he like helps her in the lab. Like he's supportive. He does everything right. And it's just like he's a dog and it's not that hard. Like all it just takes is patience and time and love and not being terrible and bigoted and all this stuff and it's just like it's just like oh hey yeah she doesn't need anybody else she has 630 and she has mads and she has harriet and it's just like that squad is the best i I was just looking this is the the part that made me laugh the most was 630 it's right at the end when they go back to hastings to meet uh parker and wilson and 630 comes with them and he walks up to to Wilson and sniffs his leg, and it, it says that he like turns and looks at Zot and was like all clear in his little <laughs> inner monologue, all clear. <laughs> and then he goes up to um, Parker, and she says he she's he's like sniffing her leg, and she says he probably smells my dog. She said, drawing him back in. Bingo's a huge fan of yours, and immediately his inner monologue says. What a highly intelligent human being. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Fantastic character. Very good. Yes. So uh, so, uh, 
change was obviously a big theme of the book um, from like the the chemistry part of it, chemistry, you know, being so much about change, uh, but but more so like changes within Elizabeth's life and um, and just all of the seasons and storms that she goes through. Um, so I wanted to talk about that and see what you guys kind of took away from that theme. For me, the main theme of it was Elizabeth stayed really consistent with like herself throughout pretty much all of this book. Like she was all from her first conversation with Beaker to how she handled the TV show with Walter. It was really similar, but in doing that, she changed a lot of the supporting cast like around her, mm-hmm. like to, to go off of, um, Walter, like he was very much like, no, you're not you. I need you to be someone else. And she just didn't. And he honestly like bettered for it. Right. (laughs) Like, and I think he was brought around to kind of a a lighter place because of her consistency. But maybe I'm, maybe I'm reading into that wrong. Do you guys think that Elizabeth changed a lot in this book? And I, didn't see it as much so like i that's kind of the question that i wanted to bring so so what all what i'll say is that i think that um there was a lot of change that happened around elizabeth right, right so i think right. that she you know at the start of the book had a lot more of her guard up because of the sexual assault and yeah. because of her previous dealings with her her parents and just men in general and she was determined to make it through the world and change the world on her own. Right. And I think um, the biggest change for Elizabeth Zott's character was that she was able to slowly um, and over time let people in and have a, f- a family and find that when I don't think that, cha- you know, early chapter Elizabeth Zott would have thought of mm. like of, of course like you know i don't think the calvin evans and her like falling in love that wasn't planned so that was a big life change calvin's death was a massive life change mad was probably the biggest life change uh, but then through i mean her the entire time she was going back and forth between you know her her job status changing um you know what she was doing to make money she had to change her ideal not her ideals but how she processed life and how she processed like what should be to what is um like when she was kind of doing her like underground science and helping everyone else even though she wasn't getting the credit she was able to support mad and then um later with the entire thing with kctv and her taking on the role um with supper at six that was you know from from her point of view it, it was kind of taking on the I, you know, the, the less ideal, you know, kind of stereotypes of womanhood in the sixties and then changing that to be chemistry and, and changing that to be how like it can be something that's empowering to women. So I think that she did go through a lot of change, but I think you're not wrong in saying like she was consistent her, her, like the core of her, I don't think changed, um, that much except for slowly starting to let people in through the course of a ton of traumatic and jarring life change that she had to deal with. Um, 
let's talk about these side characters that we keep mentioning, but we haven't gone into detail yet. So yeah, yeah, definitely. I love the characters in this book. Harriet was awesome and absolutely going through it is from what it sounds like. We never got a ton of like firsthand chapters with, with Harriet and her husband is mostly kind of internal monologue talking about uh, Mr. Sloan, but man, what a piece of garbage, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. I think Harriet was one of the, like she was a really well written character because she was an example of like the quiet suffering that yeah. women can go through. Um, I mean, in particular with her like unhappy marriage and her just being expected to like deal with it and live through it and um, just like and and she blamed herself for it. Right. And it, it was a really tragic case of someone who was really kind, who because of the toxic masculinity and like patriarchal society at the time like she had no outlet before elizabeth and i loved her relationship with elizabeth and her resolution as a character because it also showed i think one of my favorite things about harriet as a character was that she was an elderly woman as well you know she it 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 also proved that point of like you're never too it's never too late to change right because i think she had kind of um you know given up or not given up or or just like resided her life to this um you know this style of living this this kind of like unhappiness that she had just deemed was her cross to carry and i think that elizabeth was this beacon of light for her um and i just thought it was really beautiful that you know this this uh woman who thought she was like outside of her prime couldn't find love, couldn't find happiness, like had all of this life change because of a positive inspiration in her life. Yeah, definitely. I would like to mention Mads, like you mentioned earlier, Mads and 630, that duo. Mads Ott, that's her legal name. That was such a good, that was so funny. I was dying at that chapter. Incredible. Um, But I just love how she's a perfect mix between Elizabeth and Calvin. And she is learning early not to be afraid to speak up. I, her back and forth with, with Wakely is great because yeah, really Wakely kind of rediscovers himself with his conversations with her, which is really cool because he kind of first discovered himself with his conversations with Calvin. And so, mm-hmm. and he never really got to finish that conversation, but through Mads, he kind of does. He kind of, he kind of gets to, you know, find a resolution to their not really debate but their discussion on uh family and god and stuff so i thought that was really powerful yeah yeah for sure um i'm gonna go short on this just because we're already going kind of long and i want to get to these last questions Uh, but i want to talk about walter because he was more like comic relief (laughs) for me than anything um i was so scared when this character came into the book because it was like Ooh, look at this nice shiny opportunity for for our main character. I'm like, man, this guy is gonna be such such a scumbag, and like, I just see this going really poorly. And the, you know, the conclusion of it all is that it was actually his boss that was a scumbag. But for some reason, I just pictured Paul Rudd anytime I read a chapter with Walter. Just like that's so funny. Okay, do you want to know who I pictured? Who? Um. Uh. Uh. 
uh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Bilbo Baggins. Uh, oh, Martin Freeman. Uh, Martin Freeman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I because of the way he like stammered over everything, and it yeah. was like never fully confident, but like, like c- was kind, but like also didn't have a backbone. I just feel like that character was Martin Freeman's like to a T. Great, great character. So, um. Two, one for for Mad, who I think is a fantastic character. Uh, two things that I really loved about her as a character. One was the fact that she wasn't written as an angsty like girl that ha- like butted heads with Elizabeth, because that story I feel like we've we've read and it. While it is realistic, and while that is the case with a lot of mother daughter relationships. I think there was something so beautiful about them being like, hey, we have to have each other's back because this world doesn't understand us. Um, So I really loved that. And then in particular, the scene in the book where as a young girl, she comes to the conclusion that her mom wasn't able to pursue her dreams as a chemist. And she felt like, or she blamed herself because it, like, her being pregnant got her fired. That was heart wrenching, yeah, and like really just made me love Mad as a character because her emotional intelligence is extremely high. I think that's the only time she cries in the book. Yeah, was thinking it, it, about how she like ruined her mom's dream as yeah, like a five year old. Right, a five-year-old who's who doesn't have a dad, who's relentlessly bullied, who has an awful teacher. Like all this stuff is going on, and she cares so deeply about her mom. And that that whole scene got me just very emotional. Um, and I just really, really appreciated um, Bonnie Garmus's writing of Mad as this like quiet observer who took care of other people as a kid. Because I think kids aren't given a lot of credit. Or as much credit as they deserve in in uh, media and in real life, um, and so I think that she was just a, a great, well written character. And then Walter, um, I think, is probably a. Uh, I, I'm gonna stumble over this a little bit, so bear with me. But I think he was a a decent example of some good in men and also a a lot of the problem in a lot of modern day men which is to say i don't think walter was an inherently bad character exactly i don't think he was i don't think he thought he was doing anything wrong by his actions right which is the issue right well but so but also like he did have a kind heart like he saw potential in elizabeth Mm -hmm. he never treated her like she was like really beneath him or dismissed her um, opinions. He, he, however, did cower and, uh, you know, fold to men in power and what he and and just like the perceived way of things. Yeah. And so I think he was a really well-written character because it was, um, for me, challenging because it's like, you know, he's that kind of character that you have to examine to say like, how many times have I been a a Walter in in life? You know, mm-hmm. like how, how many times have have we not you know spoken up or laughed when someone makes a crass joke? When we you know should you know cut that or you know you know speak up and be advocates? And uh, I, I just think he was a he was a good character because of the nuance of Walter. Like he he was a loving guy who cared for his daughter. Who he kind He's of learning. F- he he was learning and he fumbled a lot along the way, but ultimately um, did have a good arc and also was able to humble himself 
and and more or less let Elizabeth take the lead, which in in result just helped everyone. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I just again this book, guys, it was so good. <laughs> he he almost seems like a bit of a Higgins from uh, Ted Lasso. What a good comparison! <laughs> what a good comparison. Oh, that's so right? good. Yeah, yeah, it's a really really good comparison. All right, what's up? This is a you know, this is a good conversation switch to uh, a huge theme in this book, which is just sexism and toxic, toxic masculinity just everywhere in this book, yes. right? Um, so we we had a lot of people, a lot of listeners and our friends, and I'm sure Maddie had uh, thoughts yeah, on this f- as well. Yeah, family, friends. I mean, I... W- I mean, I I know we talked about this like pre-call, but we've seen examples of this. Um, but sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go on, Dan. No, no all good. Um, so we we have friends that have read this book, and even before reading this book, have complained to us about this. And then the listener emails of just women experiencing sexism in the workplace and i highly doubt a single woman has not experienced this like we we will do our best to empathize but we never want to say like we don't want to speak in a way that is trying to claim that we know or we um can fully sympathize with the experience of that because of our privilege i mean that's the only way to say it so to to move into the discussion one of our our friends who read this book she uh told us that two grown men in her profession called her little girl um in the workplace and just like the i i want to crumple because so my wife she is a smaller human being and multiple times in her life, she has been called like just to her face by people that she manages like sweetie and cupcake and little girl and like cutie. And it's just, what are you doing? Right? Like it just, it pisses you off and like, it shouldn't be a thing. But the fact that they're like, a woman it's okay like i don't get it <laughs> and it's like it's 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 just it happens all the time and so does this book give you guys uh hope that it's gonna get better or does it make you feel discouraged that it's just like what we're dealing with and it's not getting any better honestly i feel like this is a good starting point for a book that like needs to be in school readings and that like men should be exposed to yeah also great because we need to gain perspective and it's another one of those things where you need to you need to do your own research and you need to learn for yourself not go ask and make somebody else tell you about it you Mm. need to seek out this knowledge and perspective through examples like this like lessons in chemistry where you read through this and you see like just a glimpse into what women have to go through. And if you don't react by wanting to like throw up, then like you need to just hang out in a mirror for a while because that's the kind of stuff that like is the core of what needs to change. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's tough because I think like, 
this book it does end in a way that's hopeful and it does have a lot of themes of hope. like yeah. coming out of this book i i think that um i don't think bonnie garmus wrote this book to make people feel like you know hey nothing's improved right like i think that they're like it would be it would be doing a disservice to women to say like we haven't made good strides and strides in the right direction because I think off of the backs of so many strong women before um, they you know we we have come uh, you know to a a it's hard to say a better place but a place um, where there there are more rights you know women are now obviously like it, able to at least on the surface level, get into any career that they would like to. Um, and there, you know, stuff like the, um, you know, like you, there, there are protections around, like you can't be fired for being pregnant and stuff. So there, there are good things. Um, but I think there's definitely a through line of there's so much, so much room to progress mm-hmm. and we are so far from perfect. Um, and yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, it was, it was really, hard and 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 eye-opening getting messages from our our uh listeners because a, a lot of people were incredibly vulnerable a lot of our friends and and uh the the bookends with friends community were vulnerable with us sharing examples of, of times this has happened to them or just saying like hey yeah like this has been my story or i have i related to elizabeth because this is what i've gone through or um you know and, and it's just it is really sad and i think the the hard thing is or or maybe the problem is it's easier than ever for guys to feel like it's been resolved yeah and i feel like the the thing is is there's still a lot of toxic masculinity and a lot of sexism and it's gotten more clever and quieter and that does that shouldn't let us think that it's you know that everything's equal and fine you know yeah. I, I mean you can even see that like it's not hard to see major companies that are still all led by white men and um, it's not hard to see entire industries that are constantly blown wide open with massive you know sexism scandals and um, you know things that were covered up and NDAs and just some really awful things and I feel like lately uh, you know in the past decade we've been hit over and over and over with stories where like, Hey, this is still going on. Um, so I, 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 I think I, I would have to qualify the question, Dan, because I think there's a lot to be grateful for. Hmm. Um, and I'm glad that it is better than it was in the sixties, but we are also in a time and place where we have to be good advocates. And like Brett was saying, like this needs, this book needs to be like given to everybody so yeah. that, it can be um, something that is still worked on. So, cause I, I feel like we're, there's just been stuff that feels like we're backsliding in culture. Yeah. And so we just need to make sure that we are, um, you know, not letting that happen. I want to say one more thing on that of, of kind of praising uh, Bonnie Garmus's writing and how she's so good at telling really, uh, kind of expository things without putting it in front of your face, what she's wanting to say. But the the fact that through the entire book, after the first, uh, like, call it what it is, like rape encounter that happened, um, Elizabeth never does not have a pencil, like, yeah. on her. Yeah. And it's just like, and, and she does that multiple times through multiple different things, but... Um, reading that chapter it's like 
it's happening and she she finds the pencil and then so many times throughout the book it's like her pencil's behind her here it's like in her hair it's it's always a part like that has become a part of her life now to have that security which is just like it sucks well, and, that and, it has to be a thing right but that that's it. you're you're right dan that is incredible writing because that's such a good way to write what is a truth for women and i've yes. heard this from from maddie and from so many different people but like you like like maddie always has her guard up and I, i've heard that from yeah. so many different people too like women have to always have their guard up and that's a like just such a a, a ridiculous luxury that men have that we don't think about of like mm-hmm. being able to walk outside to your car at night and not have to double and triple check your shoulder you know over your shoulder that's no one's not falling like it, it's it she's just I mean, I can't say it any better than you did, Dan, but it is good writing and a good reminder of like, that's still like, that is still a thing. Like women still yeah. don't feel safe and we need to create an environment where women can feel safe yeah. or the, where we don't need number two pencils in, you know, God, ready to stab. It's such a perfect way to say that and not have to yeah. say it. Yeah, it is. It is great writing. Bonnie Garmus is a fantastic Fantastic writing. writing. Um, but I do want to, like, before we end, I, I do want to ask a, a question to everyone, a little bit yes. more lighthearted question to kind of bring us up the, up the right a little bit, but Hannah P sent us in something. If we, oh, I had, love this question. I'm very if, excited. Yeah. <laughs> if we had to become a host of a reality TV show like Elizabeth, what would it be about? I'm ready. I have mine locked and loaded. I, I thought about it pre-show when I saw this question, I was like, okay, great. Yeah, so, okay. Get this. Okay. So I would want a, like a late night slot like right as people are getting ready for bed and what it would be is just like a yeah it would it would be a a tea time and so what i would do is i would want it to be bob ross style where it would be making a cup of tea and then a sketch with me segment and we would just doodle something together and it would just be very like inviting and warm and the entire idea would be to get yourself away from screens I mean, you're watching a TV while you're doing this, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, get get yourself away from like the stress of the world. Drink a cup of tea and and doodle a little bit before bed, and that would Very be nice. that would be the show. I think my dream has always been for this to be my reality, but I would love a hot one style show. But instead of interviewing celebrities over very spicy chicken wings, they have to um, eat books. They, no, no, no. The uh, me and whoever my guest is, um, we we sit down together and we play a nice co-op video game, and ah, we, we, very good. We, we just play through a game together, and I interview them about their life. Oh, that would be that would be really fun just to have like celebrities on playing Mario Kart. Like, see how good you are at Mario Kart and doing an interview. Yeah. Tell me if this counts. Did you ever see that? I think his name was Rick Stevens on PBS. He did like a history show where he like traveled around the world, but it was like really low quality, like 90s. I have, I don't know what that is, but it sounds great. Um, does that count like a travel yeah, show? That counts. Like a oh, history yeah, travel yeah. show? Of course that counts. I would do, I would watch a show about traveling. I would Brett. watch a show. Yeah. A history show featuring Brett. Brett you Sounds should do amazing. a show about teaching people how to properly pack for travel because i feel like you are the most prepared individual for <laughs> any sort of outing or adventure i'm down um, i learned from my dad great. shout out shout out dad shout out dad uh, okay well uh i think we should probably bookmark it there we've run long thank you so much um listeners for bearing with us and also 
um, just giving us grace, knowing that we are not subject matter experts here. Um, and we also really, really appreciate the vulnerability that a lot of uh, people had with us during this book and sending us some thoughts and, and honestly helping us with the show notes um, because we really could not have done this without the incredible community um, that we have with the the bookends with friends uh, uh, friend base. Um, and uh, just just as one last one last little note, um, we had one of our listeners actually wrote in some great advice um, for just ways that that men can continue to be allies and advocates. So if you're a guy listening, um, and also for us three. Um, just, this is, this is, she just wrote in, you know, some, some quick notes on, you know, good advice that I thought we should emphasize. So one, help remove any barriers that hold women back from progressing both in work and in life. Um, two, speak up and speak out against, uh, ongoing discrimination, um, also in work and in life. Um, and then help dismantle toxic masculinity first in ourselves and then also in others, um, because that is super prevalent still, um, especially when women aren't around. And so um, just be kind and be good people and be advocates and allies and trust women. Um, yeah. For sure. Which leads fantastically into our author's note, which is a quote from Barney Garmus herself um, about writing lessons in chemistry. Uh, she said, I wanted to, I needed to write it to remind myself that we are moving forward. We are not equal yet, but we're getting there. And with these tips, maybe we can get there a tiny bit faster. Yeah, let's let's help. Um, Bonnie Garmus is doing great things. Also, this is her debut novel, and it's fantastic, it's incredible, um, just amazing. So, uh, thank you, Bonnie. Also, um, uh, again, special thank yous to Zach, Hannah, Ashley, Jacob, Jenny, and everyone who um, you know wrote in and sent in thoughts about this book. Um, uh, as a reminder. You can email us at bookendswithfriends at gmail.com. Um, also, as some for some exciting news, we are in the early process of creating a Discord channel that we are going to have just as a way for our community to talk and discuss about the books just throughout the month so that it doesn't, one, have to be just facing us. That I, I, We want it to be a place where... Um, all of the bookends with friends book club can can gather and share thoughts and talk highlights and and get to know each other. Um, so we're really excited about that. That'll be launching soon. Uh, we're also on Instagram at bookends with friends or bookends underscore with underscore friends um, and TikTok as well. Um, and then remember, next month we are reading Carrie Soto is back. We're going to the Taylor Jenkins Reid book universe, and Taylor, yeah, I'm so I'm so excited. It's gonna be so good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty pumped high, for this one. High hopes for that one. Carrie um, Soto is back. She's back. <laughs> uh, man, I can't wait. Um, it's going to be a well, good book. this luck. has been great. Thanks. Thank you, guys. I, thank you, guys. You guys are the best. Man, thank you. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think you guys enough, you know? I thank the listeners a lot. Um, I don't think you guys. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's dumb. Um, all right. Someone, someone outro us. Let's bookmark it. Thank you for the intro and outro music, Jacob. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Maddie, for the cover art. It's very cute. And it's on a sweater that I own, which I love and cherish. And the real books were the friends we made along the way. At 6.30, because the time. Okay. that's the time okay. when we meet the, the friends. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs>